Hello, we're iGEM Calgary. Today, we're going to introduce ourselves to synthetic biology and learn about our DNA. First of all, what is iGEM and what is synthetic biology? iGEM stands for the International Genetically Engineered Machine. It's a research competition that uses synthetic biology to solve real problems. So, what exactly do we do? We work in the field of synthetic biology in an undergraduate research lab as a team. SynBio is a topic that we're going to get more into later on. We're working in the summer months from May to August for the iGEM competition in October in Paris. Synthetic biology is taking elements from nature and modifying them so that we can use them to solve problems. But before we learn about how we modify things, we need to learn about the central dogma or the background science. The central dogma is the main science that synthetic biology is based on. First of all, we'll look at the central dogma of biology and its end and start points. DNA is like a recipe for everything your body does. When we want to make something delicious, we follow the instructions in a recipe to know what to do. The DNA is like your built-in recipe with instructions for how your body grows and functions. Let's explore a bit more about what these recipes look like and how our bodies read and follow them. Let's talk about proteins. The human body and the bodies of many organisms are made up mostly of protein, not counting water. This may seem small, but that's over a third of the part of us that isn't water. Proteins are very important because they make up the functional parts of organisms like you and me. We have proteins that give us our eye and skin color, proteins that make up our muscles. Proteins can help us kill invaders in our body, carry oxygen around our circulatory system, and help us digest and break down the food that we eat. And these are just some of the proteins that humans have. There are many more that exist in other organisms. One such example is GFP, or green fluorescent protein, a protein that gives jellyfish their nocturnal glow. Soon, we're going to learn about how we can use the protein that gives the jellyfish its glow to run interesting experiments. But before we do that, we're going to look at where GFPs and all the proteins inside you and me come from. Protein is the main way that your DNA expresses how your body works. All of your cells have DNA. You can't see it because it's super small, but it's in every one of your cells. This DNA tells your cell to make little building blocks called amino acids. This amino acid is the building block that then makes our proteins. But before we can make proteins, we need to start with DNA. DNA has a helical shape, like a twisted ladder. So, these amino acids that we make based off of our DNA are stuck together into really long chains that then fold into more and more complicated structures. That is a protein. The average human genome is over 6.4 billion letters long. That's about 215 million gigabytes of data, or over 300 million CDs. If you stacked all those CDs, you'd have enough to build 40 stacks as tall as Mount Everest. Your genome contains all of the instructions about you. This includes what color your hair is, how tall you are, and even if you think cilantro tastes like soap. Let's dive in a bit deeper with this idea of DNA as a recipe and how we use it. Let's say we're making a batch of brownies from our mom's recipe. Now, let's talk about transcription. To talk about transcription, we need to talk about DNA again. DNA is in the nucleus of every single one of our cells, 
kept safe and protected from damage or mutations. The nucleus is a small egg-shaped structure inside the cell, which acts like the brain of the cell. It tells every part of the cell what to do. We can think of the DNA as your mom's memory of the recipe. If we want to use it, we can't do so directly, either by poking around in our mother's brains or by using DNA directly. So we copy it down using a process called transcription. Transcription creates a molecule called RNA, which is very similar to DNA, but cut in half. Even though there is only one strand, it contains all the info we need because every base only has one other base that can be its pair. Transcription is like copying the brownie recipe from what your mom tells you. It puts the instructions into a form that you can use. Now, let's move on to translation. In translation, RNA is understood in three-letter sequences, which tell the cell what amino acids to make, like those building blocks we discussed earlier. The amino acids are then connected into a long chain, which is your base protein. This is like following your copy of the brownie recipe and baking them. There are so many types of proteins in your body, and what your protein does depends on how that long chain folds. Now, we're going to talk about something a little cooler. What happens when we change the instructions, or the recipe? This is what we and hundreds of other iGEM teams around the globe do to try and solve hard problems and make the world a better place. As we said in the beginning, synthetic biology is the use of biological parts and modifying them to do a certain job and to solve problems. This is related to genetic engineering and is the type of work we're doing for iGEM. For example, we can take single-celled E. coli bacteria and create genetic formulas to place into it. The E. coli then creates proteins to do something special. In our lab, we've put things into our E. coli to make our materials stronger or fight bacteria. One very common gene that we tell E. coli to produce is GFP, the same one that gives jellyfish their glow. It can also be used to check if our hard work was successful or not. What we can do is insert a gene that we want to express and our GFP. That way, we can grow some of our E. coli and then check whether it glows or doesn't glow under a special light. If it glows, we know that it worked. There are millions of different solutions to problems and it takes a very engineering-like approach to figure out how to make a project work. Now that you've learned some basics, we're going to take you through some real-world problems that synthetic biology has solved. The first example is insulin. Insulin is a very useful hormone that helps sugar get transported into cells to be used for energy. Insulin is a naturally made protein made in the pancreas. People with type 1 diabetes can't produce it or can't produce enough if they have type 2 diabetes. Scientists are able to take a gene that codes for insulin by extracting it from human insulin cells. They can then amplify the amount of this gene to place into many bacteria producing millions of mini insulin factories. This is a huge achievement in medicine and has had many benefits, including mass production of insulin and the fact that we no longer need to take insulin from animals. Before we were able to grow insulin like this, we had to take it out of animals and inject it into us, which is not very safe. Another use of SynBio is to create biosensors. A biosensor is a device that uses technology and biology to detect substances that electrical equipment can't, 
but organisms like bacteria can because of centuries of evolution. One of these biosensors is called critters on a chip. No, it's not bugs on a potato chip. How it works is that a computer chip is coated on the outside with very cool bacteria that glows when it comes in contact with petroleum products. So scientists use this device to detect oil and gas pollution, especially in remote areas where there isn't much electricity. When the bacteria produces light, the sensor is able to measure those light signals and then the scientists can tell if there's oil pollution in that area. They don't use electricity and they don't actively stay on, so we can use them in very remote locations. Those are a few examples of what you can do with synthetic biology. We can edit DNA and we can do really cool things with them.